regarding Roger, an oral exploration of Dark Side of the Moon, then, and Redux, with Chaz and Wolfie. Why Roger? Why? Why Roger? Why? Regarding Roger. Wilton resident, have you ever been out to Keith's farm? Uh, I believe it's Weston. Weston, yes, that's right. Sorry, you're right. It's been a while since I was there. What did I say? Easton. No worries. You said Wilton. It's, it's all good. It's Wilton, all good. Weston. Okay. It's a judgment-free zone here. Someplace back east in the, the idyllic countryside. I don't think people realize how beautiful Connecticut is. Um, but really, where he's at, right? That's a beautiful site. So have you ever been out to the, the farm is my question. I know you're a musician. You hang out in the local scene. I know he's known for popping in and out of places like the Black Duck and other places in Westport, right? Casual encounters with Keith have been reported over the years. I have, yes, definitely casual encounters. Uh, one of my, uh, somebody that worked, a woman that worked for me uh, who lived in Ridgefield got a uh, photo with Keith uh at uh, luke's um restaurant in ridgefield where he used to hang out so that was a known hangout Very and cool. people uh said that he used to hang out at the georgetown saloon uh in georgetown which is also not far from ridgefield and wilton and that he would sometimes they would do a lot of bands there a lot of open mics and sometimes he would sit in i think with people okay. that, was, that was the rumor uh, anyway, uh, but I, you know, don't uh, don't know. Well, I'll tell you what. I have commandeered tonight's episode of Regarding Roger to celebrate the release of Hackney Diamonds. Wolfie, have you listened to this fucking record? Uh, I, I I listened to the two tracks that they pre-released. Uh, this Ooh. one. Here. With Gaga, which is which is excellent, and right. the first track that they released uh, as a, as a, a, an early, I forget what the name of it is. Uh, angry. Yeah, angry. I like them both. Yes. Yeah. Hell yes. So I'm going to commandeer tonight just to celebrate. I've listened to the all whole right. thing now repeatedly just, all day we'll just, long. We'll just talk about uh, the Rolling Stones regarding Rolling Stones regarding, regarding the Stones regarding. Stoned regarding Keith, regarding, regarding Mick Kiefer, and Keith. regarding, regarding the, the three guys, but there's there's more than that. This is a great album, everything end to end, just so powerful. I'm just really digging it. But um, no, we're here to talk about uh, Mr. Waters, Roger Waters. So everybody, welcome to Regarding Roger, episode two. I'm Chaz, uh, along with my co-host Wolfie over there. Wolfie Wolf. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. You have a good week. Couple weeks. It's been a couple weeks. It's been a couple frequency weeks. on this one. It's yeah. gone by so quickly. I know. It kind of snuck up on me. It really did. So, uh, any any Floydian types of uh, um, re- remembrances or uh, reminiscences? Have you been thinking about Pink Floyd since last we met? Have you been thinking about every Dark day. Side of the Moon? Oh, every day. Yeah. Yeah. You're what about you? No. Oh, you push dude, it out of your mind been... and you think about other things like Rush Rash, right? Oh, well, we have a little containment thing going on with the Rush Rash. It's kind of getting out of control. It is spreading fast. It is insane. Yes. A lot of fun over there. 
um, insanely uh, robust lineup of, uh, I would call it a cavalcade of the uh, universe of Rush uh, tribute bands coming in over the next couple of months here, right before the holidays and on the big rush for the holidays. Everybody's got something to promote. They've got gigs out there. We've got it cut. It's called the scratch list. Where do you need to get your cure for some rush? Uh, itching for some rush rash. Uh, get get it on the scratch list. That's where you can go get it live. So, uh, yeah, we got all these bands coming in. It's wonderful learning and meeting all these musicians and talking to them. And um, we've got What's the one uh, that's going to be uh, coming up by me soon. That would be Why Why Not coming to the uh, theater in Norwalk there. Wall Street Theater, yep. Wall Street Theater. Um, yep. I believe that is what? January 5th. Yes. Allow. And that is the, the night before the big gig, the big Bubba Bash. Why Why Not will be at the Wall Street Theater January 5th, 8 p.m. And you need to be there, Mr. Wolfie Wolf, because they're going to be looking for you, both Billy and Tim. They're like, oh, this Wolfie Wolf, we got to meet this guy. I don't know if you heard their appearance on the rash, but uh, very eager. I, I, I to... couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't, I couldn't find this. I need you to send me. Um, I'll bookmark the link and I'll send it. To I mean, not that I can't listen to the whole episode. No, I know you're a busy man, you know, and we do a weekly show. I'm lucky to get you every other week to talk mm-hmm. about this exciting concept that we've got. Roger Waters, fucking guy goes back, re-records Dark Side of the Moon 50 years after putting out that seminal work. Right? Insane. But so far, the reception's been uh, at least among uh, the bandmates that'll talk about it. So, Nick Mason. Nick thinks it's fine. Um, it's been decidedly mixed, right? Well, I, I, you know what? I have been avoiding any type of other yeah, no, media. So have I. So have I. I have not read anyone but else's reviews. Other than to see, you can't avoid the headlines, unfortunately. You avoid, so yeah, you can't when avoid you scroll everything. through a page of, <laughs> I'm not. I don't want to read it off because it'll. If you want to read things. your phone with your eyes closed, yes, yeah, you can avoid the headlines. Well, and right, but you have to leave the text reader off, so you can't even use the text reader because if you you, you use a text reader, like we'll see later <laughs> tonight, you have to at least do it in a British accent, right? So at yeah. least it feels a little more legitimate because. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, what was your impression, Greg? Um, we have we sat with uh, Speak to Me. I think we both kind of learned something that, number one, there was a little more to the original track than we thought. And then we even learned after the fact there was more that we missed um, in, in reading and in, in hearing subsequently that Mr. Waters has gone on to give us a play-by-play, track-by-track um insight into what he was thinking so we're going to integrate that into our show here as we kind of go through the content but you know we're on our own journey here just as two guys who love the original just said what what's going on scratching our heads when he decided to redo this thing so we know he's got well, his justification for it as an artist you know we right we lo- right we love it when there's you know potentially disagreement and and it's uncertain but we don't know Uh, what we don't know what an album you know yeah i guess we don't we don't know but it's um even just the concept of remaking something that's so iconic it would be like if i said to you i'm going to repaint the mona lisa you know it needs it needs a repaint you know the original was okay i'm redoing it i'm doing a new version of the mona lisa you know that in itself you know, is is a very controversial thing 
You know what? I am glad you said that. We're talking about buttered sausage. I am glad you said that. You bring up the Mona Lisa and and changing a classic, right? Talk about buttered sausage, where it comes from, what it does. Why is it doing what it's doing? Get it out of my face. Dark Side of the Moon, something so classic. that Dark Side of the Moon is really the buffalo chicken wing of Alvin. That sounds like a stoned hippie. You know, I rethought the proposition that you wouldn't hear it in places around town. There are plenty of tracks on the album that rock. Right. So as we'll get into it, remember, you know, money is a rock and roll song. Um, time ticking away the moments and make up the dull day. Right. So think about that tune on the run. Right. The great gig in the sky. This album rocks pretty hard. And I like this whole concept that like there's a there's a political theme that runs through this. Right. Um, that, that everything we've discussed so far in episode one, uh, we are here episode two to go through. We have, we should clarify for folks, we have not listened to this ahead of time. It came out a couple of weeks ago now, or a, about what, four weeks ago, I think when we're airing this episode. The Redux. The Redux version has been out now. Many people reviewed it within 24 hours. A lot of people have been talking about it since. We have avoided all of that. We're not listening to it ahead of time. We're getting together on this podcast. We're listening to the original version. We're listening to the new version. We're evaluating what Roger says he's bringing or adding to it and saying for ourselves as fans, is that really, is was that necessary? Because man, Dark Side of the Moon was goddamn perfect the way it was. And and your contention, Chaz, if I understand you correctly, is that perhaps, perhaps, Dark Side of the Moon Redux, this this new release by Roger Waters, is really the boneless chicken wing of albums. Uh, you know, if if Dark Side of the Moon was the buffalo chicken wing. Is now, it is the boneless? Worth arguing is about. It bon- Does it do, live do up you- to the boneless chicken wing? You know, redox. Because I think it's an innovation. I think boneless is a concept that, you know, it's time has come, as I think, which is where we were. Oh, okay. All right. The boneless is is wonderful. It's just not the original or the iconic. Okay. It's the new. It's the now. We don't even need to talk about what came before. Because what came before was on the bone. That's all I got to say. And if if the the Pink Floyd redox is as good a you know, new version of the original as boneless chicken wings are to the original Buffalo chicken wing, that will be a fantastic thing. I mean, that will, that would make some people even think that the Redux was an improvement. Over okay. The original, which it All could right. be. But it well, can never be the original, obviously, because it's not first. And it can never be the iconic because both the Buffalo chicken wing and Dark Side of the Moon are iconic. All right. Understood. Understood. And I think without I rest my further case. ado. Okay. Well, I, I think, you know. May I approach the bench? You better do that quickly. <laughs> You're All right. right. So look, I think what we'll do is we're going to hear from Roger Waters himself. Before we go spin up the original track, which is our intent tonight, we'll listen to the original and we'll listen to the new one but here we'll we'll listen to an incredibly close facsimile of Mr. Waters talk about what breathe means the song breather follows on from speak to me you know you're born and you're the horrible little well they're not all horrible don't get me wrong there's nothing wrong with a baby but they are hard work but anyway that's neither here nor there I like it boneless. 
I always wanted boneless. <laughs> there they are and they're going, MMMM. Who's that? That's your mum. Ah. Uh. And why am I here? It all started when they were in the womb, which, of course, is where we came in. What's the first thing that you hear when you're an embryo? Be you bum, be you bum, be you bum, be you bum. You hear mother's heartbeat. Be you bum. That's your first experience. And you feel, hopefully, safe, warm, and surrounded by all good stuff. And then PFFFT, there you are. You take that first breath and what's the first thing you do? You express feelings about the fact that you're no longer in that certain place that you were in in the beginning. You weren't in the womb So, anymore. the song Breathe, which is the first real song, is an admonition to that newborn by me, the old bloke, the 79-year-old, that it's important to grasp as far as we know. You only get one go at this, this being a live business. Red flag. Red flag. Oh, yep. Do Hold not on. listen to all Hold those. On. So, right, apparently. So what we're kind of gathering there, right? So that was a goofy just take on uh, taking. Uh, there was an interview that Roger Waters gave to American Songwriter Magazine. And uh, we will post a link in the post-show uh, credits or in the description for the show. But there you will read for yourself the psst and the hmm as the um, um, um. And my favorite part, what was it? The um, uh, boobum, boobum, boobum. You bum. Uh, that, I think that's he merch. meant bum bum. Yeah, bum, I do, but I think ours and the way it was enunciated there on the screen, it's spelled out. I think that's a, that's some merch, dude. That's merch. Um, I'm seeing dollars here. I'm seeing dollars. But anyway, um, apparently, uh, at a certain point um, in this, uh, and and we will, I think, consume that content as well. You know, Roger himself, the video of him sharing those thoughts. Um, on on the song, but we'll do it afterward. Um, but what we hear is that he, we'll he live. We'll do it live. delivers a, a, a lengthy synopsis, and then he goes on some kind of tangent about uh, morality, and uh, eventually talks about how uh, inspirational speakers and health self help gurus uh, like uh, Tony uh, Robbins and others are frauds. So. That's interesting, and I don't know if that was something that was intended or included in the uh, original work, but here's where we get into where Roger was uh, talking about raising a red flag on people like that. Red flag. Red flag. Do not listen to all those self-help gurus, he said. What was that asshole's name? Tony somebody. I can see his face. Tony Robbins, you're the bloke. You know, tall, upstanding, looks as if he's been to the gym a lot. Explaining to us how we can be successful. Of course, it's all bullshit. It doesn't help you at all. It is not life-affirming. It is life-denying. To buy into any of that bullshit. In my view, Tony. So there you have it. So some opinion apparently we're going to hear coming through uh, on the new work. Um, so I'm eager to get to it, but let's listen to the original track. It's two minutes, 49 seconds. Do you have anything you want to question on that, sir? I know you're always very, um, you know, eager to kind of give your position, uh, particularly when it may be contrary or just questioning or somehow, um, you know, in a position of just needing to be stated. On on the subject of uh, Tony Robbins, um, 
he is tall. No. <laughs> very, very uh, fit looking. He's got wonderful teeth. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I am not a fan either, so I'd probably side with um, Roger a oh. bit on that. I think it's, you know, some people maybe get something out of it. I think it's a lot of, you know. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of that that type of um, self help stuff, and and some of the I, I have a friend who's done a bunch of his uh, programs and uh, you know given me a lot of insight into what goes on in those meetings and what they do, and I'm not I'm not really a fan of it, but so I, I would I would go along with um, I, I I wouldn't be say it as strongly as Roger, you know, that it's all bullshit. That bullshit and experience is all it takes, right? Right. Come on and experience some of my bullshit. But you know, there's there's a lot of bullshit mixed in. There's some valuable stuff mixed in, I would say. But um, Rogers Rogers got very strong opinions, as we know. He does, and ultimately, what he says as they kind of wrap up this uh, take on breathe, right? His explanation, his video explanation of it, is that seems like he's trying to reflect on the most sacred aspects of life, the many directions people can go once they're born. Um, so that's what breathe aims to do. I guess the original. So you were you weren't really asking for my opinion about Tony Robbins? Is- <laughs> I was, because <laughs> I just totally blew by that. Um, you know, Tony Robbins, um, if I was to give you mine, um, you know, I would agree with you and Raj. I think, uh, you know, having been somebody who's worked in an industry where we certainly, um, you know, worked with people like that and promoted things like that, um, even participated in events where had various aspects of motivational speaking, you know, those components of uh, those types of seminars presented, like I said, or participated in, there is value, certain yeah. level of value. So no, I wouldn't be as harsh, like you said, like uh, yeah. uh, as Roger, I don't think I'd be as harsh. Uh, so thanks for circling me back around on that, not no, trying to just okay. move us and right along. But because you're I just, right, I, I was being serious. I felt like maybe you, what you were looking for, which would have made sense, because this is really a podcast about the uh, Redux album, not about Tony Robbins and what Roger thinks about him. So that's true. Um, but yeah, that makes sense. What what uh, Roger says about about what he's what he's doing there in the first track, and you know, it kind of aligns a bit with with what we took from it too. Uh, this old bloke, uh, you know, talking about life and and life is short, and you know, you gotta um, you know take advantage of it uh, and 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 all that stuff. Um, yeah, man. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's cool. I, I, I think I think we're good. I'm good with that. I'm thinking we are moving right along. It was a great segue into breathe in the air. Nice. As always, starting with the original. Ooh, baby. Right? Yes. This is the original track, and this is where we just sit back, listen to it, enjoy. Where we've been and since breathe, 1973 right? with a classic. Yes, breathe in the air. Grab a plate of boneless wings. Or the iconic original if you prefer. Flick your fingers. Finger looking good. Yeah, love this track. 
song. It's like it's like waking up in a dream. Everything's in slow motion. You know what I mean? This guitar, oh, it's ethereal. All there's so much of this stuff is like a dream, dude. It's whispering. Can't you feel it? I mean, even like it's even, ethereal. It, it's it is. It's ethereal. It's just like floating. It's trippy. It's got atmosphere, baby. And then these vocals. It's like there's a whisper to it, man, miles away. But yeah, right there. It's not fucking metal, baby, I'll tell you that. I love this. On the headphones, especially, right? Yeah. Like drifting through a haze, man. Yeah. I'm so high right now. Oh, God. I got contact high as soon as I clicked play. I'm still fly. I'm having my Raj brow. It's a Raj brow, my team. What do you call your team? Raj brow. I'm going to uh, trademark that. Okay. Yeah. And then right into On the Run. That's why I love just, I love this format of listening right through because these songs go by so quickly. They're such masterworks and they're like every step of the song is, it is a step in a story. It's one and done. It's like every verse, there's something unique and different in the oral scape. I just, I've always been so in love, especially this song and the way it progresses as we, it, there's like a kinetic energy. It's a pull along that really, it's like a sensation when you've got headphones on, you really get kind of pulled along getting stoned with the woodland fairies with like the music, right. In terms of the kinetic feel of it. I don't know. Has it ever struck you that way? Totally. Yeah. I, I actually, uh, so Chaz, you know that I do a bit of songwriting, uh, uh also. And, yes. Um, we've been, I've been listening to Pink Floyd, more than I normally would because you know we're we're starting to we're embarking on this new yeah. podcast yeah and it kind of inspired me and I and I and I started uh just jamming a little bit with the guitar and 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 it's that tempo and that you know uh vi- that Pink Floyd vibe so I, I wrote something I have to share it with you um, yes I, I just would just from the acoustic it's it, it you know it, it probably wouldn't strike you if you heard it as particularly pink floyd influence but when i tell you that you might feel it you know when you listen to it yeah because it's you know it is very different than sort of the the, the yeah. groups that i would normally think i almost about. wish you hadn't told me i almost wish you hadn't told me for the simple reason wolfie that i was just on the um what was it the um rock uh rock roulette podcast 
uh, with the guys. And uh, we on, um, was on for a couple episodes um, and we kind of went through Stevie Ray Vaughan's Couldn't Stand the Weather. And believe it or not, Shades of David Gilmour uh, on full display on that album with Stevie Ray Vaughan. And I would encourage you to go listen to that. Just from beginning to end on Spotify, they've got an anniversary issue. It's got like 50, 50 fucking tracks on it. I think the original album that I had when I was a kid, it like had nine tracks. I think it's like eight or nine tracks, the original. Uh, that second side's got that one tune that's really long. And then there's like two short ones after it. And that's where the album ends. But like that album encapsulated. Yes, there are several songs where the David Gilmore style of playing, of making that, uh, that Stratocaster just... Ooh, just like scream, just wail on a single note and just the economy and the efficiency. But then where Stevie Ray would just take it and make it his own. So he could do that ethereal type of playing and he could create that atmosphere. But then he'd bring in that Texas blues and just do that fire and lightning that he was known for and created something totally unique, but so very much influenced. You can definitely hear it. So yeah, I I love finding that. Uh, To me, yeah, this is just like... You know, uh, that you've written something uh, influenced by him. I'm not surprised at all. I, I was absolutely doing that. I think some from the point very early on of hearing this, of hearing The Wall, you know, of hearing all those records uh, growing up, learning how to play guitar. Um, and yeah, for those deep, ambient, really moody pieces where you're really trying to set an atmosphere, right? That slower feel, economy of words, you know, where, where the words just sort of hang and... And and just I, I love I love that what they do with with just you know less is more you know where where it just they just let let those chords hang and let those notes just really you know um, well and they accentuate just the right notes the they bring in other elements too. right right they everything was, works together yeah the execution right yeah it's like a it's like a slow dance man it's just like. And it's so hard to do well, too. I mean, it's much easier to do fast than it is to do slow, you know? Yeah, yeah. Slow, it's just like you hear. Well, slow is more about the emotion of it. That's that's when it's slow, right? It's not like it's, you know, some of the other tracks, which are very restless, very urgent. Uh, This is all about the emotion and the feel. And so as we were kind of hearing, right, the whole spirit of it, breathe, breathe in the air. Don't be afraid to care. So you see, this is where I I always knew there were certain messages in the songs. I didn't realize it was overall collective message Mm -hmm. to the work. Okay, so don't be afraid to care. Leave, but don't leave me. Look around, choose your own ground. To me, that's like, and and I want to be, oh my God, I'm getting all verklempt here. So this to me has new meaning as I read it now as a parent of children that are leaving the nest, right? So yeah, I want you to leave, but I don't want you to leave me. You're not leaving my heart, right? But I want you to look around, choose your own ground, find your way in life. You know, go do you, be you, right? I think that's what they say today. Do you, right? I I think that's a positive. I'm not sure. Sometimes I think when I think it's like maybe a little bit of an insult, like, hey, do you, man? Like, you're all whack job. Okay. The lyrics to the song, Greg, as we kind of look, we just went through the first verse. Anything you want to say there or anything as the song comes up, if you want to take it from here, uh, any particular meaning to you? This is where I really like it because we went through the whole track, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So we got the feel. We've set the mood. This is like the seminal work. 
What does it mean to you? What did it as a musician beyond what we just talked about with your being inspired to write a song? We'll talk about this song and you as a listener. What does it mean? Um, when I listen to it, you know, um, it, it it's very free. It's very open. Um, it's very calm and soothing. Um, I don't, I'm glad you, know, you put it that way. I, I wonder if your experience wouldn't be made better with a Romney's Everest Kendall mint cake. Have you ever had these, Greg? Mm, they come mm, in a pocket tin. Yeah, they contain two white bars uh, manufactured by George Romney Limited in, in Kendall uh, over there in the UK. Um, just making a pitch as you're talking there because are I we think sponsored you're on, on by the right track. I we think we're going to go these? for that. I think we want to we want to make a pitch. So let's let's okay. offer a little goodwill. I think okay. your experience would have been enhanced if you'd had some Romney's Everest Kendall mint cakes. Just a couple of tins for yourself, one for your pocket, maybe one for the the home office there that you're working in. Uh, but these are wonderful. Uh, they were first uh, the first mint cake to be successfully carried to the top of Mount Everest, Greg. This is why I think this feat that we've got of unpacking this, you know, potential boneless imposter of a redux compared to this classic Mona Lisa that we just listened to. Yeah. We need maybe some strong mints to help us. So I'm sorry, yeah. continue. You know what what Roger is trying to the song. What does it mean to you? Communicate with 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 this song or what it means to him. But when I put the the listen to it as a song, you yeah. know, as opposed to read it, you know, and understand, you know, just sort of independently. But I think, you know, with me, it's yeah, it's just it, it's it just gives a very um, the the combination of the music and the lyrics give sort of a a, a very open flowing. Um, you know, calm uh, feeling, uh, and that well, you know, calm. I don't know. There, uh, to me, I get this fucking like punk sensibility to it. At the same time, there's like a desire to escape, live without chains, right? Yeah, but that's a good. I mean, who? That's a good thing. That's a punky foes in, just... in a sense. As much as this is prog rock and mellow, right? Yeah. I'm here and as I'm trying to listen to this for messages, overt messages, right? Because long you live and high you fly. Smiles you'll give and tears you'll cry. All you touch and all you see is all your life will ever be. How profound is that? I think as the 80-year-old man, he should be impressed looking back saying, that was a great fucking line. How true is that? Because I tell you what, there's a piece of wisdom there as the older I've gotten, man. I have so, so cognizant of the fact that all your life is at the end is a collection of memories. And that's what your legacy is as well. And when those are gone, it's all gone. So make as many as you can. So, I mean, it's so fucking deep. I, I actually think that maybe is even a lower viewer life view that was mine might have been formed by this verse. That's why I'm I'm really interested to get uh, mm. your take on some of the lyrics, not only here, but yeah, I, 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 you know, well, I don't doesn't do much for you, huh? That much of 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 you know uh, that way, I don't think exactly. No, I. I you know that's uh, maybe that that's not as profound a lyric maybe to me i don't i'm not sure why it doesn't affect me the same way but your problem is your soul is vacant you have no sensitivity but to me it it's just sort of you know 
long long you live and and how you yeah i mean you know did you ever drop ass of course it's sort of like of course you know i mean yeah uh, you all oh, you'll all you'll you be did. all your life will be is oh. what you touch and see i mean obviously the only thing you know is what you experience and what you right. think you i think right. therefore i am but you know and you i think that, De- right i would say descartes said it better so i guess that's cardace Descartes said say it more, more profound. How, how do you say that name? It's French, I say right? Descartes, but you can say Descartes? It. Yeah, I never got that right. I'm from Jersey, though. I have that handicap. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't know. It doesn't strike me as, as that particularly profound. Um, what about the whole fucking run, rabbit, run? I like that. I think that's a that's a, that's a a cool... I like the way that... I mean, it really works well you know, in a very Pink Floyd way with the, with the music. I, I like it, but I, you know, it doesn't, I don't, I don't know that I feel a tremendous amount of profundity from it, but I think it just really is cool. And I like the way it, it goes and it's like, yeah, run, go. Well, it's yeah. kind of emblematic, right? It's kind of, it's like society yelling at you to keep running, keep pushing, keep doing the same mundane bullshit without ever asking why. I mean, you yeah. want to go deep. I mean, yeah. I mean, that certainly, if you read it, you know, literally, well, I think he's, he's saying, you know, that, you know, you're on a treadmill and you're just working all the time and that's no way to live. It's kind of like a screw the system kind of, Five. You don't really want to live that way. Uh, another, you know, a lyric which sort of I think gets at the same uh, message. You got a rat race in the city. That's no way for I to live every day in the city, demanding more than I can give. Oh, man, you're going right? deep. That's pretty deep, right? Nice. For our listeners, who was that? Oh, that was me. That was, that was you. That was my. That was my from my song "Train to Babylon." Say it again. You got a rat race in the city. That's no way for I to live every day in the city, demanding more than I can get. Oh man, that's fucking. It, it's reggae and it's punk, dude. You got yeah. some. You got some sentiment there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, Floyd is kind of mocking the endless rack race, I think, right? Yeah, and and yeah. And, and, and I, you know that that that's what you know. I'm saying that similar sort of message too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, man. Calling yeah. out the bullshit, man. Daily grind, mindlessly running yeah. bullshit around, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, I can see you though, like going with a whole punk vibe, dude. You should like maybe think about, you know, what. Uh, perhaps uh, I know you you do a lot of work with accidental breakdown, but you ever thought about doing anything on the side? Maybe as you know, Wolfie Wolf. Yeah, I've, I've actually been doing um, this stuff where I'm playing acoustic guitar now, and I've got the uh, a different guy playing bass with me, and then we still have a, a drummer, percussion, and and a saxophone and flute. And we're doing sort of a different, not not that reggae stuff. You know, but more of an acoustic uh, rock, you know, rock and kind of an acoustic vibe. So, yeah, I've been kind of going a different direction, too, than what we do with the accidental breakdown. Okay, nice. Well, you should maybe bring in a little more psychedelic flavor. 
Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I told you, I'm, I've, I've been inspired by the Floyd, so um, I love it. I'm going to send it to you, and you, you can tell me what you think. Uh, I will. I this, dig. I'm digging vibe. it. It's just, it was just, you know, just, just fooling around, just, just. Well, just and it was time. A little. It was time. You need Give to get this out. You need to get this out, like our friend Roger needed to do. You like that segue? Back into uh, Redux, that's back into some brilliant. fucking boneless wings, I, baby. You took us right. You took us right Woo. back, right back, just with that little train the train back into the station. Yeah, riding that train to Babylon. That's, that's what we're doing. because I'm I'm loaded up on the on the Romney's Everest Kendall mint cakes. I'm telling you, I snapped off a couple of these. The, every tin comes with two beautiful white bars of these things. I snapped them off. I felt like I'm at the fucking top of Everest right now. A mile high already? Shit! I just got a couple fucking miles higher with yeah. Kendall. All right, yeah. Everest, Romney's. You, you Everest. step out of bed in the morning and you're a mile high. Now this is not Mitt Romney. This is I, I know I've got proximity here to Salt Lake, but no, no. This uh, is this Mint. Is, this is from Romney. across the pond. Mint it's, Romney. No, no, no. Romney's uh, uh, Everest Kendall mint cakes. So I, I got those. I'm but for good. short, we could call it Mint Romney. Mint Romney. Okay, I like it. That'll be like our like bring the bring the sponsor in close. But I think yeah, regarding Roger needs a sponsor. They need to be local, and so uh, little just you know. That's like a there. mnemonic device that'll stick in people's mind if we I say like Mint it. Romney. Mint Romney, and then we have a little theme song that rings up. Yeah. And then once we have video, we'll actually show the wonderful tin that it comes in. That's collectible. And you can put other Even things in we, your tin. We always stick to our pledge to not be political. Um, well, or correct. And that's why whatever you want to keep in your correct. tin. I know what we used to keep in tins when I was listening to Pink Floyd mm-hmm. when I was younger. Uh, the tins was were always very helpful. Wasn't mints after the mints were gone? And I'll tell you <laughs> what. The thing is, that was kind of terrible about it, though. They're not airtight, so they might keep your mints fresh but anything else that's maybe green and leafy gonna dry it out and make it very stinky especially if it's already kind of been burnt and and put back in there maybe the tin was used as an ashtray to put something out and then closed in with the, maybe even what you mean like smoke like cigarettes you don't or leave that in your pocket in your leather jacket and expect that you're not gonna get a sniff down right anyway Perfect segue. Uh, not really, no. Back to now. We're at Redux. We're at the second track. This is Breathe, right? But before we even, you know, go any further, right? The, again, you know, uh, Breathe was a seminal work, right? So uh, just understanding that in terms Iconic. of- Iconic. You know, fucking prog rock It's the original. Um, uh, Roger, uh, Richard, and David were credited as songwriters. So as usual, fucking drummer getting no love, no credit. And, no respect. Um, no, none. And so uh, full credit for playing on the track, of course. Uh, the the album itself, uh, as we know, we've listened to it here. What we're about to listen to, three minutes, 22 seconds long versus the original that we just listened to, which was what? It was not it was that like long. two minutes and 30 seconds or Fuck. something. Uh, it was two minutes and 49 seconds. So So it's it's not 80% more, but it's a good chunk more. It is a good chunk more. It's almost a minute more, right? So uh, dark side. Maybe like 40% more. So it's diminishing. I've noticed a trend in the metrics. Uh, The second track is 40% more. The first one was 80%. 
Well, we kind of went to a place where we went way out. We came way back and we've decided that the Mona Lisa is the original and boneless wings are this redux. So now we're having a plate of boneless wings as we listen to Breathe from the Redux. Okay, what the hell, Greg? I liked the that, music. That that extra uh, stanza. <laughs> Who's the angel? You are the angel of death. Who's he talking to is my question. I get that he's the dead man's son and all that. Um, I, I, uh, I'm, I mean, the pain, you can, you know, where I'm feeling the pain is the way he describes it, buried like a mole in a foxhole. Where I'm feeling the pain is when I'm hearing him sing. Oh shit! I didn't even want to get there, but ah, uh, where's David Gilmore when you need him the oh, most? I don't. Know. I'm not talking the guitar at this point. Yeah, no. no let's just. I think the best David way Gilmore's through this vocals one, when you need them. Yeah, I think back the on the original. Way, I guess is where they are. Oh, and I think the best way through this, buddy, don't is, be <laughs> No pony calls me boneless. Oh. Right, boneless. I was gonna say we should just talk over this because I don't know that. This is like he's on a variety show, he's on stage, on a stool, band is around him. You probably got guys, British luminaries, you know, musicians like Paul Carrick, other people that have supported him all over the years, hanging around. Everyone's generally supportive. I know he's been playing this shit out, and he's been, you know, I haven't seen the reviews. I know they've been playing out. But I purposely avoided it. But I'm I'm just seeing in my head some of the headlines we've seen, the headlines of the stories I've avoided about the reviews. Oh, they're not not far off. 
So, okay, so I don't see any, uh, as we're looking at the lyric sheet, if this is correct, we'll see. But I'm not hearing that there's any additional content other than that little preamble he threw on there. But that's said with such an, a sense of uh, oh, foreboding or urgency. Oh, and now we're winding down. Is that fucking necessary? Shouldn't even have been here. Truck backing up is how it ends. Back it up. Fuck. Fuck. So long mm. you live and high you fly. So I would definitely say the most interesting thing that he did with that song is put that intro in. That was sort of interesting, and and everything else didn't seem to be uh, adding in any way. Uh, yeah. But you know, I mean, it, it's. I, I don't get a, you know, we talked about this a little bit before we played the Redux version and I don't, I don't know if I'm, I get a real clear message. Maybe you're, you get a clearer message for what he's trying to say. Um, but yeah, know, well, I, I okay. think the first in, 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 to me, the first couple of lines, breathe, breathe in the air, don't be afraid to care is sort of the message more of, you know, uh, embracing life and 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 you know take it in and enjoy it and 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 put yourself out there and and care about things um and, and go your own way right uh choose your own ground and all that stuff um fucking a and then i get a little more confused as he's talking about you know that that you're gonna Maybe he's saying, don't dig that hole and forget the sun. Don't keep working all day long. Don't let yourself dig a, a, an early grave. You know, don't do any of that stuff. But breathe and don't be afraid to care and go your own way, you know, and and fly high and smile and, and cry tears and live. But But don't. You know, don't just get caught up in the rat race because uh, that's no way for I to live. Get the fuck out of my face. Yeah, so, well, you know what? And you're right. And I think he was, uh, the inclusion of this first verse, right, on top of all of that is kind of like. What about buttered, buttered sausage? Right, the brutality and the senselessness and the randomness of it shit. It can be right? short and it can be brutal and, you know. Right. Uh, and, and who's that a quote from? Life, uh, life is short, brutish and nasty. Uh, uh, that is that is uh, Hobbes. Uh, life, oh, life Hobbesian. Is, yeah, Hobbesian. Life is uh, is solitary, poor, nasty, brutish, and short. So yes. it seems like he's giving us a little bit of that warning. Oh, very good. Wow. Excellent way to bring that in. What I think maybe that he's doing here, which is which is valuable, and you know, and I, I said this early on, and, and I think this is probably, you know, the way things might go for us with this, is that you know, just because it's not better, quote unquote, than the original, which is impossible to do, probably, right? How can you make it? How can you make it better, right? You could, uh, but you well, can, you could have invited David to come in and sing. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> that would that would make it better than it uh, is, but it wouldn't uh, make it necessarily better than the original. But 
Um, no, right. Okay, right. Good point. Yes. But but um I have know, another mint. Just because just because it might not be better than the original, which is pretty high bars, as we all know. Uh it could be it could bring something new and interesting to the table. And one of the things I think he's done so far uh with with Speak to Me and Breathe, both, is he's let us in a little bit more into his thinking. And I think with this one in particular, maybe he's just giving us some more clues as to what his what was in his mind when he was writing this 50 years ago. And probably every day uh, the death of his father is on his mind. But but it was, you know, these lyrics that, that follow this intro, maybe, you know, uh, in when he was writing those lyrics 50 years ago, and when he's thinking about them now, um, he connects it to, you know, this this part of his life, this tragedy of his father, and that that's very, and so he's letting us in on that, that we wouldn't have really known that l- listening to this 50 years ago, but, um, you know, now he'll he's giving us some more insight into how to listen to it. He's kind of saying, hmm, uh, we have to remember, I have to go back. But that that'll be that'll be interesting, uh, Ch- Chaz, to as we get further into this album to see if that's a trend that that really a lot of what he's doing is is trying to give us um, insight into how to listen to this album or the original and these songs uh, and just you know give it and and also maybe giving us a little more perspective of the way he thinks about what he wrote 50 years ago and and how he thinks about it well as was suggested by one of our listeners i believe it was one of the same listeners we've got greg over on rush rash it was richard fetter 69 portland new yes. jersey what is he richard says fetter? look the rogers commentary just just to your point a moment ago as you were just saying Roger Waters has actually given us his uh, take on exactly what he's talking about here. We're just going to listen to the man himself. We're going to integrate this with the show. Like we said, we've listened to the track now. We gave a little preview uh, with the, the the reading up front. But now let's listen to the man himself describe what he meant by breathe. The song breathe follows on from Speak to Me. You know, you're born and you're that horrible little squid. Well, they're not all horrible. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with a baby, is there? Uh, but they are hard work. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. There they are, and they're going, you know, who's that? That's your mum. Oh, and why am I here? And, and it all starts. It, actually, it all started when they're in the womb, which, of course, is where we came in. What's the first thing that you hear when you're an embryo? Ba-boom, ba-boom. That's March, baby. That's gonna be a hat. That's your first. Boom. But what's ours? Be you, be you bum. Be you bum. bum. Be you bum. Bum looker. Surrounded by. That's us. It's a t-shirt. It's a hat. And then there you are. And you you take that first breath. And what's the first thing you do? You express feelings about the fact that you're no longer in that safe place that you were in. So the song Breathe, which is the first real song, is an admonition to that newborn by me, the old bloke, the 79-year-old, that 
it's important to, to grasp that as far as we know, you only get one go at this, this being alive business. Of course, the Buddhists and the Hindus and people think you get many, many goes at it. I don't subscribe to that view myself, but um, that he may be right. Well, listen, when I was in India, I said to my friends there, I'm sorry, to, I, I have to share this with you. It's a bit of shame, but uh, I was an Indian in a previous life and I did something terrible, came back as an American. So please feed me. And so, you know, so I can get back. And so they gave me a lot of great food. So I subscribe. But anyway, uh, I digress. I was also in India looking, I, I wasn't looking for the boneless wings at the time. I need just need to state that. That, that was not a priority at the You're time. vegetarian. Unlike now. No, I wasn't veg. No, not at all. Are you kidding me? Oh, in India? But you're not going to get a burger at McDonald's. Don't do that. a huge percentage of Indian people are vegetarian, you know. They are massively vegetarian over there. I have many wonderful veg dishes. I have many wonderful friends that are from there. But let me, let me tell you this. Don't go to McDonald's and don't eat Domino's pizza. Everything else, uh, right off the street, right off a cart, right off the ground, off a fire, go ahead, eat it. But don't go to those two places. That's all I got to say. All right, let's continue. Roger's fascinating. That's a here. good warning. Everything we had already heard uh, through our, our our wonderful recreation at the beginning of the show. So we're getting into some new content here. Who knows? How is one to know such a thing? You can either read what people before you have written down and take it at face value and believe it, which I think many human beings do, much to their personal history. detriment, only if you ride the tide and balanced on the biggest wave you race toward. So that is just a warning, all right? Red flag, red flag. Do not listen to all those self-help gurus who tell you how to succeed. What was that arsehole's name? Tony somebody or other. I can see his face now. Tony Robbins. You're the bloke. You know, tall, upstanding, look as if you've been to the gym a lot. I would agree with that. Explaining to us how we can be successful in our lives and blah, blah, blah. And of course, it's all bullshit. It doesn't help you at all. Beautiful teeth. That is giving you the instruction to climb on the biggest wave and ride it and be like a superhero and make a lot of money and be a huge success and blah and blah. And, and what it does is it, it, you race, as I say in the song, towards an early grave because it is not life affirming. It is life denying to buy into any of that bullshit, in my view, Tony, you know. Okay, so we didn't get much more new input there at all from our wonderful simulation and recreation at the beginning of the show. So we will make an editorial decision with regard to which version. I didn't hear him say anything about boneless chicken wings in this version. Yeah. Oh, what do you think? Did I, did, oh, wait, did I'm, that sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Top written freelance we're, experts we're in a variety of AI services. Alternatively, you could just become an AI expert yourself. Happened. Begin by learning acronyms. Um, I, I will have to, we're going to have to go review the tapes. There might be an internal audit necessary. As, maybe, the, yeah, maybe look, there was a, still a hiccup with the well, recording or something. You know, after listening to Roger that, you know, certainly he didn't address that introduction at all directly, but it's from uh, the song One, Two, Free, Four. What? Do you get it, Homer? It's the lyrics to a song called One, Two, Three, Four. Do you get it, Homer? Which has that lyric. It also has the lyric, life is a short, warm moment, and death is a long, cold rest. 
What's the song called? Uh, one, two, one, two, three, F R E E, four. Yep, there's the exact first verse. Oh, boy, so this American is what to our you, angel of death. Oh, but well, if this you, the first three stanzas are are what he uses in um, it's speak to me, speak to me. Okay, so great discovery. One, All aboard two, for the American tour, and maybe you'll make it to the top. Right, but now you are the angel of death, and I am the dead man's son who's buried like a mole in a foxhole, and everyone's still on the run. So he just so, continues what he had in in speak to me as the uh, from this tune and be, puts it at the beginning of breathe. So are we getting here? One, two, three, four. What is the story on this song? Um, what album was it on? It was a single. From the album Obscured by Clouds. It was the B-side to stay. Well, I think more importantly, fuck that. One, two. Free four. I like this a hell of a lot better than the Redux. The memories of a man in his old age. The deeds of a man in his prime You shuffle in the gloom of the sick room And talk to yourself as you die You know what is fucking pissing me off, Greg? Is that Why are we seeing, like, deception And why not just, like, is he Why is he not saying It's the song I wrote It's called One, Two, Three, Four I'm using it to thematically tie the whole work together Why didn't he just fucking say that? He's like, oh, it's from an old poem I wrote No, it's not It's a goddamn song He's messing with us He's fucking with us So all aboard for the American tour Maybe you'll make it to the top. It's an autobiography. But mind how you go, and I can tell you, cause I know you may find it hard to get off. Okay, now let's just come back here, because this is too much fun at this point. What was uh what was it called? Speak to me. Me redux. Uh-huh. From that bouncy, lively jaunt to this in this new work. Yeah, it starts with the birds, the crickets, whatever. With cicada? What are they? Cicada. The cicada? <laughs> is that sriracha? I think it's sriracha. Sriracha, that's a pepper, isn't it? Well, you can get that on your wings. Boneless? No, I think people like the traditional buffalo wings with sriracha. (laughs) The original, classic. Peri-peri sauce? Oh, don't go there. The memories of a man in his old age. Yeah. Are the deeds of a man in his prime. Right, goes from this jaunty, wonderful, fun thing. You shuffle in the gloom of the sick room. Well, this is much more appropriate to these words, though. I mean, that, you know, whatever they were trying to do, that jaunty little bouncy little thing talking about death and dying. 
And, they were trying about, to be the Beatles. What year was this? 72. Yeah, but they were trying to be the Beatles. Death being a long, cold rest and shuffle yeah. in the gloom of your sick room. And the yeah, memories yeah, yeah. of a man is long. I mean, they're trying to be the Beatles. A, yeah, it's very absurdist the way they've done it here. Yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, Monty Python. I mean, this is yeah, tongue very in cheek. Monty Python. Right, but and he's saying we were deadly serious. We were deadly serious. You didn't get it because we were yeah. so goofy. But, you know, and then Roger today says this isn't a joke anymore. This is real. Sorry. Sorry we were so lighthearted. Yeah, we weren't. We were just clowning around back then. We were just 29 year old kids. This is when you're 79. This is deadly serious stuff. We were just guessing back then, and I'm here to tell you we were right. So, anything, look at me. I'm just brilliant. And go back and revisit all my old work and do all this work to get back to uh, thanking Wolfie Wolf for his uh, great, wonderful, extemporaneous, on the fly analytical research that led us to. The real source of this new thread that Roger is plagiarizing himself. He is, and you know, he he told us this, but he didn't. And you know, why wasn't he he so direct? Why wasn't he direct? That's what. So that would be my first question for him. Why weren't you direct in pointing us back to this? What the fuck? They're clearly though. They're clearly no Mona Lisa. This new one is this Redux. Clearly no Mona Lisa. Um, is tasting to you like a big heaping plate of uh, boneless wings, which you've kind of come to disdain. Which that is absolutely incorrect. I think don't be putting wings in my mouth. Creative editing of this show and the way that will go (laughs) (laughs) will put you in a very awkward light the next time we meet in two (laughs) weeks, because at this point, we're done with this shit tonight. Woo! I need some more mints. I need some Romney mints and I need some of my Roger Brow. What is in this Roger Brow? Holy shit. You are flying tonight. Woo. Well, it's deep heady stuff, man. You know, it's Pink Floyd. You gotta, I know. And you know, you gotta think Straight these things. To the moon. So I'm really too kind of looking at quite honestly, as I think back and, and I listen back, I listened to it earlier today again, just to kind of listen to the track, the original, just the original. Yep. And, you know, because I had been on that podcast where we were talking about, uh, you know, the Dave Gilmore influence. And I've been, I was actually talking to my band about too. We were talking about David Gilmore just a couple of weeks ago. And so, you know, the fact that he's not here now on this new one and Roger's doing this new thing. Um, I appreciate he's doing something that stands on its own. He's made the statements. It doesn't really ever replace the original. It's that's irreplaceable. He's just trying to give us something more. So I'm more open and amenable to it now. And I'm, I think I'm going to stop trying to drop the Dave thing because hearing this vocal, I'm just going to be fucking laughing the whole time. Um, so I think we hit it right. He's going to be singing all those parts that are Dave Gilmore's parts on the original. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, Gilmore was not just a guitar player. Uh, Gilmore was an integral part of the entire sound. And that certainly includes the lead vocal on many, many songs that are, you know, masterworks, right? Don't even, no debate, no regarding Lulu. You don't need to sit down and uh, debate the artworthiness or the masterworthiness, masterwork worthiness uh, of the, the work, right? Yeah, yeah, that lead vocal was not particularly inspiring. Well, I mean, the fact that you fell out of your chair and we had to edit it back out, we had to take like three yeah. minutes out. You had to, you had I had to cut re- on your forehead. How's the cut? 
Ah, uh, yeah, the bleeding. You fucking is, fell is, on the floor. Your, yes, your chair and, and, and out. the chair <laughs> broke. I had was, to rebuild the chair. Through the art of editing, we got you back. Yeah, and your final no, adjudication on I'm it a little is, woozy from You're the head woozy, But what do you think? And the all massive all, loss of blood. But but. You're stable. But, You're stable. stable. We're finishing the podcast yeah. before your wife takes you quick over to the emergency med. Yeah, for the stitches. It's just, you know, you got a gig that you were going to tell us about. So this is what we wanted to resuscitate you for. You Because oh, yeah. no one else can tell us about this gig that you did. Tell us about the gig. Yeah, we did an accidental breakdown gig. Uh, yeah, I'm up. It was at this really cool place. It was the coolest place that we've played this year. And it was uh, in terms of the the actual venue, and it's called Three One Four Beer Garden. Yeah, Three One Four Beer Garden. I know you were talking it up a lot the last time you were here. Yeah. You were super excited, so that yeah. came off without a hitch. It, yeah, they had they have this outdoor stage that's heated because, of course, it's October, and here in Connecticut, it's it gets a little chilly in October, as as you well know, Chaz. And Typically, that happens here too, but. It has well, been in the high it's 70s, a little more mild, I think, where you are. But some parts of the country are certainly uh, still warm in October. Um, yeah, mid 80s. Phoenix, Arizona is still pretty warm, for example. Los Angeles, California, warm, I would say. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles, California has been unseasonably warm. Um, but uh, Connecticut's been, you know, a little bit chilly, but not bad. Uh, but they have um, a heated st- outdoor stage. What do you think Very of that? Nice indeed. I think you are spoiled. Because they do these, they do this sort of. It's this beer garden, and it's mostly outdoor space. There's a couple of indoor spaces, a, a big bar with all the 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 beers on tap, and then they have wow. another like indoor like seating full of, with tables and everything. And and you got and, plenty of power out to the stage. You got lights. Yeah, lights and power, heat. and and they have they have a brick oven um, pizza thing that they're doing oh. there. They're making, Wow, they're cooking up food. This is a class food. joint you're playing. Oh, it's in really here. nice. They got Whoa. all these beers on tap, and it's and then they have this fire pit. It's like probably ten feet across in diameter. It's this round stone fire pit that they light up, so people hang out there, and it's get a little warmth from the fire pit. They've got outdoor seating too, and table more tables outside. They've and you're got, rocking like, the rugga reggae man. And we were playing reggae music as we are wont to do. And yeah, it was really cool. It was a really cool venue. It was a good time. And we you had met, you had said, you know, what it what about two two sets, maybe 30 songs. And I think that's just right about what we did. I think we did 30 tunes across awesome. the, uh, three hours, a little quick break uh after the first set. And it was uh yeah, it was really fun. You were gonna integrate some rush into your set. How'd that go? Oh, uh, that that didn't really work out that well for us. Ah, fuck! Because we forgot to learn any rush. So Whistle. That was really the major. That was a major issue. Ooh, man! Yeah. Well, you yeah. got to improve that. You got to come up. You know, uh, what would you suggest? The sound of uh, salesman. The sound of salesman. You could do the spirit of radio. Oh yeah, is that where he goes into that little reggae section? That's where the reggae is. Come on. And that man. little here's rush to you, was inclusive, Robinson dude. little take yes. off. Exactly. Yes. You get those references. You know that's hip. You need to do that. Yeah, that little Simon and Garfunkel. You're a musician. Work it up. You can do a complete reggae version of that song. Okay. People will love it. You will get people, you will make people cry if you sound like that. And we will be so happy. 
we like to do that, like we take a um, you know like a rock song and turn it into a reggae song, which is a, a long-standing tradition uh, uh, that that bands do. But but we have a few that like one we do, which is really um, we do the Eric Clapton version of the Dylan song "Knocking on Heaven's Door" because Clapton does it reggae style, so we do it kind of like Clapton. Okay. And then we do our own reggae version of All Along the Watchtower, which I may have played for you at some time or another, but uh, it's really uh, totally different than the way Dylan and Hendrix do it. Yeah, I know. And you guys have that nice acoustic set. You got that acoustic feel. I'm thinking there's other no, songs No, no, but on, on, on these tunes, it's all electric, baby. Oh, it's, it's all, all electric reggae. Oh, okay. reggae, yeah. All right. Well, then maybe I could move you further along. You could do maybe something like this. <laughs> She's a small town girl. Down the girl, small down the girl. Bump, 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 bump. Work with me here. Work with me. Reggae on the free, right? You guys do it on the free. You got to do the one drop. Wait. Right. And you dropping that one? And three and one. It's there, dude. Small town girl, man. It's a small town girl. Yeah, man. You're gonna do it. Do it live. Live. Are you doing like your Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation? Oh, she's uh, it's gonna be hot, hot, hot. That do bus. Small town girl. Small town girl. We are going to pump you up. You know what? Well. So some of the best, you know, raga reggae in Jamaica, man. I'm hearing it. All right. You would hear that live on stage at the bus. I can totally hear a reggae version of that. She's a small town girl, a small town girl. I'm a small town girl. But you have to do it in a really deep voice. I'm but shouldn't we do it with more girl. of a, Shouldn't we do uh, more uh, of a Jamaican? Well, Should we do more the, of a Jamaican accent than a Jamaican German Jamaican patois, right? Like, what's his name? Yeah. Who was the... Um, oh, I, I'm I, a I Mr. I Mr. Bombastic, Mr. Shaggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shaggy. shaggy. Yeah. Yeah, a yeah, little yeah. shaggy treatment to Brandenburg Gate. Just the electric part. I think that's your ticket. You okay. integrate that, which I'd love to hear. I'm, right I'm writing thing, notes you know. down. I'm writing Ice notes. Honey. Iced Honey is the other one. Yeah. And then Spirit of the Radio. Spirit of the Radio Man. Yeah. Man. The sounds of the salesman. Beautiful. Worlds are colliding. Rush Rash. And regarding Roger. Where else can they find you and talk to you directly, Wolfie? Because this has always been a question. So we're mm. happy to take your mail over at Rush Rash. Uh, because you have a, an account uh, with the clinic, and apparently the rush yeah. is is uh, the the rash is spreading with you. So we've heard. Yeah, totally. And I'm I have uh, reported that. But but yeah, you know uh, you could uh, connect with me on the uh, on Facebook at Accidental Breakdown. There we go, man. Yeah, man. And that's the rock and reggae. So you got gigs coming up. No, we're we're working on it, but yeah, that okay. was the last one was on uh, Thursday. Nothing to report the, yet. That was huge. You're pumped. So, yeah, how often are you practicing as a band? Uh, no, no schedule, but um, 
we probably did about four rehearsals this year. Wow. Maybe three. You guys are that good. You are why, why not level good. So you are going to show up and see our friends why, why not at the Wall Street Theater in Norwalk on what? Mm-hmm. January. Beth. Tim and Billy and everyone else in why, why not and enjoy a great night of getting your rash scratched. I'm going to get my rash on. That's it. So you're going to be there, and then they're going to be at the Bubba Bash out in Pennsylvania that next day. Tickets on sale now. Go to Why Why Not Band. What's a What's a Bubba Bash? <laughs> Bubba Bash. It is a tribute concert uh, for late great drummer Neil Pert. It's just pure. What, oh, because that's his nickname. Do you know who Neil Pert is? You sure, but it's not. Pal. He was. Uh, I've heard there's a drummer that used to play before he passed uh, with Rush named Neil. Here is is this guy related to that drummer? Yeah, right. So we've had that conversation. So we're oh. safe here. It's nice. you can we'll, nice. we're I'll indulge you. It's pert. Okay. <laughs> Taylor Hawkins approves. And is that is that um, anyway? It's a concert. Uh, nickname of Bubba or something? Uh, it, well, it's in his memory. So um, the the what's Bubba? Bubba was Neil's uh, nickname. Oh, that's what I asked you. Yeah, Bubba's Lounge is where he would go. Uh, it was actually a name used for Neil's uh, practice space at any venue that they would go play in, if I'm not wrong. So, like, they would, you know, if they were backstage or underneath, you know, Burn, Burn Arena, uh, the, whatever room that they would set up his practice kit in, it became Bubba's Lounge. And so that you'd go there for cocktails and some light drumming uh, to warm up every show, and that's what he would do. I don't know about so the is, cocktails. Is the part, event that's, that they're going to play that. at, is that, uh, like... Uh, is that uh, have like a lot of Rush tribute bands playing in it? Oh, the Bubba Bash. That's got yeah. um, it's got a bunch of uh, luminaries, people that knew Neil, uh, Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater, uh, probably the, uh, and then you know people like John Dinklage, who is a violinist who played on uh, some Rush uh, albums, um, many other artists that were. But new other tribute were, bands as well, or to, just why? why no, not? just why? Why not? It's why? Why not? They put this on with the uh, charitable organization that uh, um, sponsors the event. And are they from Pennsylvania? Is that their home turf? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I don't know how relevant that is. Like why oh. they're doing it there? Because okay. you know the band is from. Uh, uh, actually, why, why not? They're from all over the place. It's actually, they were a virtual band. They started out as a Zoom band. And you want to talk about a band that never rehearses. You go, go listen to these guys, watch their live shows, and then understand that like they went into their first show not having rehearsed. And they played like Hemispheres. They played all of 2112. They played, you know, all these complicated Rush songs. Uh, that's the level of musician these guys are. So they're great. And you're going to enjoy your time with them. January at 8 p.m. Where? At the Wall Street Theater in Norwalk, Connecticut. Because they'll be looking for you. As They're going to look right in the audience and they're going to be like, fucking Wolfie Wolf, they've got your picture. It's like blown <laughs> up. They're like, there he is. Get them, guys. They're astute at finding, tagging people and bringing them back. So a lot of times after the shows there, the artists come out into the into the lobby, too, and like, you know, meet the fans. You know, I'm not sure what these guys do. I have not had the privilege find some, of being find in, some merch, do some stuff like that. You know, you know, they they might. I have no idea. I, I, they I, are I, very I accessible. I, told, I don't know if I told you, Chaz. I might have that a few years ago. I saw um, a band called the Immediate Family uh, play there, and including the bassist um, Lee Sklar, 
the, the famous, uh, you know, legendary uh, studio and touring musician that's played on on most of the of the um, James Taylor albums and, and played on the um, uh, Jackson Brown albums and, you know, uh, about a thousand studio albums I think he's played on. Um, I like to pretend I've listened to all that shit. Here's the truth. I haven't. But can you believe that, that somebody's played on a thousand studio That is albums? insane. That is really nuts. No, and I've probably if, if you did, every one if of you them. Play, I'm only if you went around. into the studio and played on an album every day, it would, well, take, as you a job. Three, it would take you three years to play. Every single day, uh, weekends, weekdays. 365 Holidays. times. You, I think there's some just, multiples going on there. Yeah. It would take you three solid years to record uh, on a thousand albums. This guy has played on a thousand, maybe more than that. Maybe two Dude, thousand. well, who are those, that, that, the people out in LA, those, you know, the, the studio rats, you know, Atlantic yeah. Records and like, you know, all these crews, you know, Muscle Shoals and all these other places. Yeah. You know, yeah, Carol this K, guy's... people like that, right? Yes. Yeah. Thousands, thousands of recordings. Yes. Yeah, but, insane. But this, so that's who that is, huh? No, well, he's different than that. I wouldn't lump him in with with the session guys that just are resident in a studio and anybody who comes in. The these are crew. this is a guy that these the greatest of all great musicians like James Taylor and Jackson Brown Goat. all in specifically all to play the bass for him. That's not, great. That's not. Wonderful. I don't have a band, and do you guys have somebody in the studio that can back me up? This that is. We want I'm, him. I could. I'm James Taylor, and I could hire any bass player I wanted on the planet, and I picked Lee Sklar. Got it. So he's a big deal. So anyway, so, so I got to um, get a picture with Lee when he was at the Wall Street Theater. Dude, that's wild. Street Theater, but, but the you can get day, close to the guys from Why Why Not at the Wall Street. Yes, Theater. because you were asking about where they're going to be, and so they're going to be at the Bubba Bash. Um, uh, so Friday night, the 5th, it's Friday night, the 5th. So Saturday, the 6th, is the Bubba Bash. Friday night, you, sir, the 5th, need to be at the Wall Street Theater in Norwalk. That's where they will be playing. All right. It'll be 8 p.m. I will, I will make that happen. But the next day, if you wanted to go out to the Keswick Theater in Pennsylvania, you could see Mike Portnoy, Johnny Dinklage, Jason Bittner, Frank Bello, John Wesley, Joe Bergamini. Seven Anthonopoulos, Ed Toth, Andres Ferrero, Dan Avidian. And it's all hosted by Kathy Rankin. This is all money that's going to Cedar sinai uh, in memory of uh, Neil Peart. You sure that it's not um, I think he would know. Um, Are you sure? Because we're pretty big fans. Um, for uh, brain cancer research. So uh, they have raised over $100,000 uh, in, in the year prior. Uh, the music is just uh, the, the level of musicianship with these guys. Uh, incredible. And in all seriousness, something everybody should go see. So with that. And for you, a good cause. Yes, very good cause. So and uh, with that, sir, I think you have reached your limit. I, I bid you a good What night. did you finally say? Did you say you liked it or not? Liked what? The, breathe, uh, the, uh, breathe. The redux? The redux. The only thing that I really thought was valuable was that the intro and and that yeah. Could, so I think that clued us into maybe something. Other than that, no. So Did kind of not thumbs down. Like, 
Yeah. I mean, you know, he had it was fine. The music, the singing was was a little bit disconcerting. Oh no, it was terrible. It was fucking horrible. That singing, the, come you on. know, the, before the the you know the the instrumental part was okay. I don't think it did anything to improve the tune, but it was uh, it was fine. <laughs> well, I mean, it, uh, there were certain throwbacks to me. You see what's coming up on the screen. Do I need to dive into any of those tracks off of Lulu? That fucking vocal was horrible, dude. I can show some parallels. <laughs> no, he's like, no, I gotta go. No, look at the time. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Don't do that. Oh, god. <laughs> Ooh, come Mighty on. Lou. That vocal was Mighty fucking Lou shit, Reed. Greg. Just say it. You're trying to be nice. Just say it. It was shit. That shit yeah. was weird, dude. It was. It too, was too not hard. necessary. We didn't need it. Red flag, red flag. You don't need to listen to the new record so far. I didn't need the first track. I don't need the second track. But I do appreciate that I'm learning something more about like the original work, right? So yeah, okay. And I appreciated, you know, um, that that we learned some things in that uh, uh, intro um, that to breathe and yeah. Uh, that that's been interesting you know uh whether ultimately there's we decide that there's you know enough value in here to to give it any kind of a thumbs up well i mean knowing how much of a fan you are lulu and how much you wanted to try and integrate that content with the show we know that people can always go out and listen to regarding lulu on apple podcasts or spotify or google podcasts or opencast or any place where there's podcasts this has been, yet again, wow, boom, we got to the end with some incredible discoveries, like we always do on the Regarding mini-series here on of podcasts on the Deep Dive Network. And we have to invite Corey Morissette to come in and tell us all about the Deep Dive Network that we're a part of, that Rush Rash and Regarding Lulu and all these wonderful staple works. From, and now Regarding Roger. And now Regarding Roger. From your pals. That's right. Chaz and Wolfie. Here's Corey Morissette, our godfather and inspiration. There he is. All right. What do you got? All right, Chaz Mataz. Here we go. We're going to go through the Deep Dive Podcasting Network featuring such shows as Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited, uh, featuring myself and Scott Haskin. Backtracks Theme Music, featuring myself and John Mariano. The Ultimate Catalog Clash, featuring myself and Kevin Brown, talking uh, Bill Collins era Genesis. We're almost done season one. Uh, about ready to pick the band for season two. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, of course, Kevin also does uh, the Tom Petty Project. Uh, I think they just did Learning to Fly this week, which is one of my all-time favorite Tom Petty songs. So go check that yeah. out. Uh, the aforementioned Seaside Pod Review with Kevin and uh, that motherfucker, Randy Woods. Uh, the Cardinal of the Church or Go Fuck Yourself. Uh, Scott Haskin also does a show about Uriah Heap called The Magician's Podcast. We have Nate and John at The Deep Purple Podcast. The Simple Man at Skinnered Reconsidered. Terry T-Bone Mathley at T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side. Rye at Sabbath Bloody Podcast. Paul Joan David at In the Lap of the Pods. That podcast is wrapping up uh, before the end of the year here, so go check them out before it's too late. Uh, Andy and Mac uh, do a show called Hawk Binge on the band Hawkwind. Then you have Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z. Yeah. Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Mad Men, the Ultimate Aussie Podcast. 
Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. George and Hattie at the Judas Priest cast. Clay and Ryan North by South podcast. That's Canadian music versus American music. Check that out. It's a heck of a lot of fun. Greg and Jonathan at So Far, So Pod, So What. Talking all things ABBA. No, I'm kidding. Of course, they're talking Megadeth. Quinn at And Volume for All. Sav, Nick, Steve, and Mark at the Rock Roulette podcast. Then we got the Chazerific shows. Chaz and Greg at Regarding Lulu. Of course, that show is wrapped up, but please uh, catch up. Uh, on all their old episodes, especially if you hate your ears. Then we have Chaz and Chats at Rush Rash and Chaz and Wolfie at uh, Regarding Roger. That's Roger Waters. And that one will be coming up very, very soon. And of course, we uh, ask you all to support all of our friends in the podcasting universe, including You're All Doomed, a Friday the 13th podcast, the Sean Geek and Fast Fret podcast, the DLR cast, the Bogus Oda show, soon to feature one Sammy Hagar himself, Pot of Thunder, the uh, recognized symbol of excellence in rock and roll podcasting, booked on rock with the legendary Eric Senich, dissect that film, and Three's Company 2, a rewatch podcast. Rest in peace, Suzanne Summers. Well, I want to thank him for being here. Ed. It's always great to have him here. So, Wolfie, no gigs coming up. We got another show coming in two weeks. Um, I think we have landed on some profound discovery here. I'm not quite sure again where it goes, but I think we had a wonderful weird divergent discussion as always yes your indeed. your position on boneless has been noted yes. it got very nasty brutish and short there for a little bit in, <laughs> in a true hobbesian way in a right? hobbesian way but we all have choices and we can turn that boat around you know yeah. long you live and high you fly you know you, you can one of uh, the great uh british enlightenment philosophers thomas hobbes right is perfectly apropos for this discussion of another brilliant uh british uh, philosopher roger waters you know what and if if anything we are going to just learn more our brains are going to expand we're going to make our pitch to be the official home of romney's everest kendall mint cakes as i every time have to come back and read this wonderful tin that they come in that we've determined you could use for other things but once you uh, finish the mints, once you finish the mint and you want to finish them first, because yeah. that really spoils the mints. If you things. mix things in there while the mints are still there. Oh, ooh, And then, yeah, you want to wash it out before you put anything else in there because mm. the yeah. mint is so overpowering, so refreshing. So good. So anyway, we'll be back next time on regarding Roger. Who knows what we'll be back on, but we'll be back. So join us for the adventure. Join us for the trip. Wolfie Wolf. For the Peace chaos. Out. Peace out. <laughs> the chaos, the controlled chaos and the mayhem and the plate of boneless wings, which we know are no Mona Lisa, but are a genuine classic in their own right. Just like it's a new well, classic. A new classic. Yeah. And we can't say that about Redux at this point. So I'm dropping the whole analogy of Redux to chicken wings and that whole thing that we said earlier. Forget that it. gives boneless wings a bad name. If you We're moving on. Yeah. Until the next time. Until next time. See you then, chaps. Yeah.